Hey everyone. Before we get into the stories, I have a couple of warnings that I need to give. Story 1 mentions sexual assault, and the second story mentions drug abuse, with the third story mentioning a graphic death. I'll have timestamps down in a pinned comment, and I'll have these stories labeled in case you want to skip any of them. Without any more interruptions, let's get started. And remember, to always stay hungry. My name is Charlotte. I'm a 28-year-old female who's lived in the country my whole life, and I decided to give the city a shot. I moved to the state capital in the state that I lived at. I lived in motels, shelters, and with friends that I met. Now, this is where the story starts, but before I get into the story, I want to give a trigger warning for those who may need it. This story mentions rape. I'll be using aliases for the two guys that I met, Joe and Jason. The memory's a bit fuzzy, but I'll share what I remembered. So I got a job at Popeyes, and I had just finished up my orientation for the day. I walked to the bus stop to wait on the bus when I noticed this man sitting there. He then introduced himself. Hi, my name is Joe. Then I introduced myself as well. We talked for a while, and then he told me about how he was homeless and a program that had gotten him into an apartment. We talked, and then it led to him asking about my own living situation. I explained it to him, and he apathetically offered me to let me stay with him. Something told me not to, but I was desperate, and I hadn't slept in several days. He gave me the address, and then my bus came. I then hopped on and proceeded to do some errands. The guy really seemed like a gentleman type, but boy was he not. The devil was also a gentleman, but you don't see the dark side until you're right where he wants you. Just goes to show that you really can't trust a book by its cover. There's a whole story inside that you don't know about. Fast forward to that night. I followed the directions the old man had given me to his place. I knocked on the door, and when he saw me, he then smiled and welcomed me right in. He then introduced me to his friend Jason, and we talked the whole night. Eventually I got tired, and the only place to sleep was Joe's bed, and his friend slept on the couch. Red flag. But again, I was stupid and desperate for sleep. Boy, the stupidest things you do when you haven't rested in days. I climbed into the bed to sleep, and later on, the old man came in to sleep as well. About an hour later, I heard him talking about me. I was half asleep, and I heard every word. He was angry, and talking about how I was just looking for a place to land. He then rubbed my ass for what seemed like an eternity. How fucking stupid could I be? I thought to myself, and I just pretended to be asleep. He was even shouting at his friend in the kitchen, saying, Who the fuck is in my house? And then Jason told him it was him. He then grumbled and turned over. He finally passed out, thank God, and so did I. When I woke up the next morning, he was gone. His friend had made me breakfast, 
and I then proceeded to go to work. I spent the whole day thinking about what had happened and if I should even go back. But again, my dumbass went back anyways. He had kept me up all night and I wasn't thinking straight from lack of sleep. Fast forward to that evening. I was at Kroger's, which is a grocery store for those who don't know. And then Jason came up right behind me, saying, Hey, how's it going, stranger? I saw him and we talked for a bit. He followed me to the bus stop and then I caught my ride. Later that night, I went back to Joe's, but when the door was answered, it was Jason. I had asked about Joe and where he was, and he said he was looking for him too. We talked till the night, and out of nowhere, he got real flirty with me. I was very uncomfortable. I very shyly said, no thank you, but he kept on. I told him that my butt was hurting as I have sciatica in my left hip. And he then said, Oh, want me to give you a butt rub? Oh my God, I thought to myself. This dude wouldn't take a hint. I said no, but he just kept going on. I told him I wasn't in the mood, and he then said, I can put you in the mood. I told him about my boyfriend, and he literally replied back with, he doesn't have to know. By this point, I was getting pissed, and I politely said that I was tired by this point and tried to go to bed. I laid down, and Jason came into the room and proceeded to rub my ass yet again. I was fed up at this point. I then said, Will you please just stop? I'm tired and trying to sleep. Well, when I say this, he storms out of the room and I can hear him talking to himself. One thing he said sent chills up my spine. I should just go in there and jump on top of her, fucking slut. He kept on for over an hour, and he then turns up the music so loud that I can't sleep, obviously trying to keep me awake. I thought to myself, yeah, I'm getting the hell out of here as soon as I can. Later that morning, for what seemed like an eternity, he finally came in and told me to leave. Fucking bitch, you've been holding out on me. Sorry dude, my body, my rules, I thought. And that does it for the story. Please, to any females out there that are listening to this, don't do what I did. The city is dangerous, and I've definitely learned a lot from living here. I don't quite remember how old I was. I had to have been in my late 20s when this event took place. I'm not much of a partier anymore, but I used to be bad into partying when I was in my early 20s until my early 30s. I'm only 38 now, so that kind of puts things into perspective. Anyway, I had a friend named Holly and a friend named Tim who had invited me to a party at a trailer that I had never been to. This trailer was out on a back road, a dirt road. Holly was a girl that I used to mess around with, and Tim was my best friend. I told Tim that if I went with him to this party, he couldn't leave me there. He agreed, so I went to the party with him. There were people there that I didn't know. Really, the only two people I knew were Holly and Tim. 
I was okay with that. But Tim and Holly decided to go do their own thing while I grabbed myself a beer and probably a few shots of liquor. An hour or so goes by, and Tim had walked up to me to tell me that Holly was in the bathroom doing lines. I asked what type of lines, and Tim then told me that she was snorting cocaine and that she wanted me in there to join her. She was in the bathroom with someone else too, but I joined them in their snort fest. Other festivities went on in there that I will not mention because it's way too personal to me. Needless to say, I got really fucked up and passed out on a bed and then woke up with someone beside me that I didn't know. I was so fucked up the night before that it carried on until the next day. So the morning I woke up and I was angry because Tim and Holly decided to leave me there at the place all by myself. I didn't even know anyone there. I was freaked out and I couldn't get anyone to drive me home because they were working on his truck. I decided to just chill and wait for them to get done. My heart felt like it was going 500 miles per hour and I was really fidgety. I thought about the night before and I've never felt like that from cocaine or drinking. I didn't think much more about it, just that I was antsy and bored. I asked the guy that owned the place if I could take a walk up toward a field that he owned. He said yes, and so off I went. There wasn't much that was interesting, just a tractor path that had woods on both sides of it. I walked for about five or more minutes, and off to the right side, I saw what appeared to be a teepee in the woods. The teepee was a turquoise color with some type of print on it. Me being young, dumb, and curious, decided to walk into the woods to take a closer look. I thought maybe there was a couple of people there to hang out with, like maybe there was someone from last night's party. But when I got there, it was empty. No souls in sight. I stood there for a minute listening to see if someone was walking around or if I heard any talking. I heard no one but a four-wheeler in the distance. I looked around and I noticed there was a burnout fire, but it didn't seem to look or smell recent. There were food wrappers on the ground, but I couldn't really distinguish how old they may have been. I decided to be ballsy and look inside the TP. Nothing interesting but a couple of dead mice, a magazine that looked like a porno, empty chip bags, and more food wrappers that were like the ones outside by the old fire. I just shrugged my shoulders, and I just walked back out into the tractor path. I walked for maybe about two minutes, and I had to use the restroom really bad. Seeing how there wasn't anyone else up there, I walked a few feet and did my business. I was gone for a while, seven minutes plus the two minutes it took me to turn back around in the path since I got bored. Still curious, I looked for the TP on the way back to the trailer. To my astonishment, the TP had just somehow vanished. Now, I know that you may think that someone took it down, but how's it possible that someone could have taken it down in a period of about nine minutes without me hearing any noises or seeing someone walk out of the woods with it? I'm only five foot one, but this TP had to have been at least seven foot tall. It would have taken more than one man to take down the TP, and I still would have heard someone. I also walked up and down the same area a few times to spot it, but if it was there I would have saw it because I saw it from where I was walking in the first place. 
I walked back to the trailer to tell the guy who owned it about what I saw, and I also asked if he knew anything about it. He said that he didn't own it, but he agreed that me seeing that was really creepy, and also how no one could take it down that fast. Even to this day, I still think about it, and I still can't figure out what happened. Maybe someone could give me some insight about what it could have been, or what may have happened. I honestly feel like I'll never know. Side note, remember the cocaine I was offered? I found out later that my jitterness wasn't from the cocaine. It was actually bath salts. I don't do drugs on a constant. I've just dabbled, and I will never do or dabble in them again. Please be careful if someone ever offers you them, because it just goes to show that you never know. I'm a rookie cop working for a small town in the deep south. Only three months have passed since my FTO training, so I'm still trying to figure out the job. It's a little after 2am, only more than five hours until my shift is done. The streets are pretty empty, and the calls for service are pretty minimal to none at this point. Usually on slow nights, I monitor our license plate camera for cars coming into our town. Usually you'll get a notification of a car with an expired registration or no valid insurance. Something simple and mundane. But on that night, I had gotten a notification for a stolen vehicle coming directly down the road that I was on. So I pulled into a gas station just off the road and waited for the car to get closer. Soon a black Dodge Charger came cruising past me. I immediately get behind it and check the license plate. It's indeed the stolen vehicle. I radioed dispatch telling them what I got and requested additional units to be en route to me as I then prepared to stop the vehicle. As fate would have it, the car didn't stop and it began to increase the speed. My heart began to beat fast against my chest. Holy crap, my first car chase. I tried as hard as I could to keep my voice steady and calm and caught out each intersection we crossed. My department had a strict pursuit policy which forbade us from putting fleeing cars off the road, and we didn't have spike strips either, unlike the county deputies in our part of town. So you could only follow behind the suspect until a county deputy caught up to either pit the vehicle or lay down the spike strips. I ended up chasing the charger out of city limits onto an old state road with tons of trees and farms scattered along the roadway. At this point, my supervisors caught up and become the primary pursuer in this chase. I followed behind him and I called out radio traffic as we sped down the dark road. Our flashing blue lights were the only thing illuminating the shadows of the dark trees and darkness. Just then, a county deputy radioed, stating that he was at the next intersection waiting for us to drive by, which was about three miles away. The plan was to follow him until then, and then allow the deputy to take over and then end the chase for us. But we never made it to that intersection. See, the old state road we were on was very narrow, and it had a few sharp curves that were not meant to be driven at a high rate of speed that we were doing. As we came across the bend in the road, my supervisor slammed on the brakes. He veered right, and I simultaneously steered left hoping to avoid whatever made my Sarge leave the roadway. As I went into the opposite lane, 
I then witnessed utter chaos. A semi-truck had begun pulling out into the road just as the charger was speeding through. The crash was inevitable, but what happened next still sent shivers down my spine. The charger hit the semi-truck head-on. The front passenger was killed instantly, and the driver was ejected. He landed right into the lane I was traveling in. The thud that he made against my car sounded like a gunshot. The driver flung from my hood to my windshield before sliding down the side of my vehicle before I could get stopped. The driver was just lying motionless in the middle of the road. I then ran to check on the truck driver, who was mostly okay, just in shock and pale all over. I consoled him, and I asked him to step out of the truck from the passenger side to shield him from the carnage. The charger looked as if it was a 12-ounce aluminum can that someone stepped on. The entire front passenger side was caved in, and it seemed like the only thing holding it together was the severed and distorted body of the passenger. My stomach began turning as I then observed what was left of this poor guy's head. His right arm was wedged around the front pillar of the car. The door had been peeled open, with a pool of blood slowly seeping down into the road from the opening. The dashboard was jammed into his abdomen. We got the fire department to throw a tarp over the car. There was no point in struggling to get him out of the mangled mess out here on the road. The driver had rash all along his arms and legs. I noticed that his right leg seemed to push into the body, and that's when I realized his femur and hip bone were exposed and pushed up towards his chest. The most gruesome injury had to be his head. The best way I can describe it is that the skull was slumped into itself and he looked like his head had been swapped with a chewed piece of bubblegum. His left eye was hanging off the side of his face and stared deeply into my soul. I wondered how much damage was done by the vehicle compared to the semi in the road. Georgia State Patrol came out and worked the wreck. The trooper reassured me that the guy was dead way before I struck him, but seeing him on the road like that, and his stretched eyes looking back at me has been etched into the back of my mind forever. We had wrapped the scene, and I was just about to jump back into my car, when my sarge then grabbed me, saying, We have a tow truck coming for your car. Why don't you ride back with me to the police department? You've been through enough tonight. I followed his orders, getting into the passenger seat of his SUV as we rolled off into the sunrise. As my car got loaded into the tow truck, I could still see blood and remnants of muscle tissue stained all over the right side of my vehicle. I'm really glad I didn't drive that thing. I used to work the graveyard shift at my company. I worked the graveyard shift in nine years, and in that time I've really encountered my share of weirdos. Whenever I leave the building to grab lunch, they like to hang around the gas stations and fast food places. But this night was the scariest of all. I work for a very big company, and you can only enter the parking lot and building with an access badge. I also work in an industrial area, so it's really rare for anyone to be out on the street because the nearest stores and houses are a couple of miles away. It was January and I had made a New Year's resolution to get fit, so I decided to use my lunch break to get a good power walk in. 
My lunch was at 1 in the morning, and we got 45 minutes for lunch. It was a clear night, and it was cold, but I had a heavy winter jacket on, so I was comfortable. I decided to walk the perimeter of the employee parking lot. There was an older gentleman who had always jogged in the parking lot ever since I started working in the facility. I started my walk, and I was feeling good, listening to music and enjoying the refreshing crisp midnight air. I made a lap around the entire parking lot in about 10 minutes, and it was super easy, so I decided to challenge myself a little bit more. Instead of doing the perimeter of the parking lot, I decided to walk up and down each row of cars, and that was a little more challenging, but I finished that in about 15 minutes. But as I was doing so, I saw the older gentleman who we'll call Mr. P. Well, Mr. P was walking outside the gated parking. At the facility, we have two large gates to enter the parking lot, one on the east side and one on the south side. We also have our own hidden private road that runs along the gates from the outside and leads to a small sister building open and accessible to the public. So as I'm on my walk, I'm watching Mr. P, and he's jogging the perimeter of the parking lot. But when he gets to the south gate, he uses his badge to open it, and he continues jogging down the private road. And then once he gets to the east gate, he uses his badge to enter the parking lot again. I thought to myself, of course, why didn't I think of that? He's almost doubling the distance just by doing that simple thing. I did have to sit and think about it for a moment, because at the time I was a 25-year-old female walking around at 1 in the morning, but I rationalized with myself. Number one, we're in an industrial area with hardly any pedestrians ever on the sidewalk. And number two, you can't even see our private road from the main street because we have large and tall bushes that completely obstruct the view of the road. After thinking about it, I decided to try out Mr. P's method. Once I got to the south gate, I badged out and started walking the private road. I was really enjoying myself and watching all of the lizards scatter as I approached. It was nice. I was making my way to the other end of the road and I was heading up to the east gate when I then heard someone saying, Hey! Hey! It's lunch break at work right now. So I thought it was probably a coworker who couldn't get back in. So I turned around to see who it was, and I then saw a man coming up the driveway from the street, a man that I did not recognize. I was halfway between the road and the gate, and I just kind of froze because I was confused. As it got closer, I noticed that he was wearing a t-shirt and jeans. It struck me as odd considering that it was a cold January night. He had shaggy hair and stubble growing in. He looked disheveled. He was also carrying a black plastic bag, but he was really holding it awkwardly. He wasn't holding it by the handles as people normally do. He was holding it as if it was wrapped around something. He approached and he started to ask me what I was doing. I told him I was on lunch break and that I work right there, then pointed at the gate. He looked to be in his early 30s and about 5 foot 8 and lean build, but it was at this time that I noticed his eyes. They were pure black. They looked very strange. 
And I don't mean pure black as in a paranormal type of way. More like someone with very dark eyes who's high on drugs. I have some experience myself with drugs and addiction, but that's for another time. But as I'm looking at this guy's eyes, I just see that he has huge pupils. Those pupils were dilated the worst that I've ever seen on anyone. So I start heading back towards the gate. I said to myself, nope, not today. Because I know people are high out of their mind can be unpredictable. But this guy continues to approach me. And now he's asking questions about the facility and if they're hiring and so on. I start answering him but I continue to sidestep closer and closer to the gate. As I casually try to inch away, he tries to close the distance. I don't want to turn my back on him because I'm getting this terrible feeling in my gut. Call it intuition or whatever, but I've always avoided certain people because of bad vibes. I can't explain it. It's just an overwhelming feeling that I get. Quick example. Once I went to get gas at 4am and I saw another sketchy looking guy. The guy was a Latino in his 40s and he had a bandana wrapped around his face with only his eyes showing and he was bald and heavily tattooed. Well, as I pulled into the gas station, he came walking in from the sidewalk and started searching around the floor for something. I got that feeling again and decided to get gas later on, then drove off. But as I was waiting at the light, this same man crossed the street, but instead of walking in front of my car, he went to the driver's side door and tried to open it and continued to walk along the car and try another door before he crossed the street. I always locked my doors getting in and out, thank God. But anyways, now back to the original story. So I was getting that same feeling now. An overwhelming sense of danger overcame me. I felt like this man wanted to hurt me and violate me sexually. On the inside, I was totally freaking out, but I was trying to remain calm on the outside like I wasn't on to his intentions. The same thing deep inside me telling me this was a very bad man was also telling me trying to run was a big mistake. I felt like it would trigger him to attack, so I continued to talk and sidestep slowly towards the gate and at the same time casually look around for a coworker coming back from lunch or for Mr. P making his rounds. At that moment, we were completely isolated, cut off from the main road view, and no one was around. It was dead silent. All you could hear were crickets chirping. Then the man asked me callously if I was cold, with those black soulless eyes piercing right through mine and his hands squeezing the black bag. I let out a small laugh and then said, Well, no, why? And he said in a very flat and cold, creepy tone, Well, because you're shaking. I looked down at my hands and they were trembling. I was thinking how to respond right when I saw Mr. P turning the corner. So I changed the subject quickly, then saying, Oh, here comes one of my co-workers. I then said, Hey, Mr. P! But he didn't look at me, so I said it louder. Mr. P! Mr. P! And then Mr. P jogged right on by me, then going through the gate and continued. I didn't know what to do next. I was about 10 feet from the gate, 
and I was really considering saying, forget my gut, and then darting for it. But as I looked at the bag in his hands, I was really afraid of what might be in that bag. Images of a butcher's knife flashed through my mind, only pushed out by the thought of, what if it's a gun? I took my phone out of my pocket, and I checked the time. I only had five minutes left for my lunch break. I had to get back, but I was terrified. I would have to turn my back to him to enter the gate. Just then, I saw headlights coming up the driveway, and it was a coworker returning from lunch. He turned back to see the car coming up behind him, and he stepped out of the way. Now he was standing next to me, but we were still about three feet apart at this time. I used this distraction to get closer to the gate. Now I was about two feet from the badge reader. Then another car pulled in behind the first one. He looked back at me, and I used this as an excuse to watch him. I continued talking to him while walking backwards towards the gate. I told him I was sorry, but that I had to get back to work now. I explained to him that all the cars coming are people returning from lunch. I told him it was nice to meet him, which yeah, was a total lie, then bumped into the gate. I turned around and hit my badge quickly, and then made it on the other side of the gate, and he said to let him know whenever they start hiring. I said that I would, and closed the gate behind me watching him then turn and walk back down the driveway to the main street. My heart was pounding fiercely now, and my whole body was trembling. My legs were shaking so bad that I could hardly walk. People might think that this was just a man down on his luck looking for work and that I was overreacting, but to those people, I would say that you had to be there and really feel the vibes. If you ever watched a documentary on a serial killer, and have seen just how callously they talk about what they've done with not even an ounce of remorse in a monotone dreamlike way. That was it. Those were the same vibes and expressions that this man was giving. Looking into those drugged up compassionless eyes still to this day haunts me. Seeing how he fiddled with the bag, just itching to reveal what was inside along with his mannerisms and tone. You have to ask yourself too, if he truly was interested in work, why didn't he get the company's phone number or email? What was he doing high out of his mind at 1.30am in just a t-shirt on a cold January night, only carrying a sketchy bag? And the way he kept trying to force himself into my personal space. It felt like he just wanted to get close enough to grab me by the way he inched forward every time I inched away. It's an experience I'll never forget. I'm 33 now and I still remember it so vividly like it just happened yesterday. Feeling so helpless, it was the absolute worst and most terrifying feeling ever. To everyone listening, please always put safety first. No matter how slim the chances are of something happening, always act with extreme caution. Because you just never know. Situations like these seem to happen when you least expect them. So please be careful. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone. And remember, to always, stay.